Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further because we're here to add some excitement back into your game night. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone. Greg here. Just at the top of the episode, want to let you guys know, uh, because of the pregnancy and just need for preparations and stuff like that, uh, the episodes are going to be a little bit different moving forward. We hope to get back to our regular format at some point in the near future. But um, we're going to focus more on things like escape room reports, uh, Chris's Kickstarter corner. And if Lauren feels good and able to do the recording, then she'll be happy to join us. But for now, this time, uh, it's going to be a bit more focused. Apologies for any kind of erratic uh, release schedule. We're trying our best, but at the same time, um, you know, getting ready for baby, that's going to take a bit more priority. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy the episode and we will see you next time. There's this commercial that's airing uh, right now um, as we're recording this that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And it is of a robot in a coffee shop turning the computer to like this woman next to him going, what is an overpass? Yeah, he's trying to pass the like captures. The capture, right? <laughs> and so we proved our own capture in this escape room report by doing the Turing test yes. in which we had to prove we are human. Mm-hmm. And we, we've heard about this room, but the only reason we have been putting it off is because it has a it has a minimum requirement. So the two of us couldn't do it alone. Right. So we knew we had to wait for um, for more people. Um, and this room was also considered, you know, um, somewhat difficult and also the more the better, basically. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure that we had an, a chance to go with our full, like, A-team. Mm-hmm. Um... So for those of you who don't know, the Turing test Mm -hmm. is a famous test that is still used today. Uh, I believe the person's name was Robert Turing. And uh, what it is, is it's a test you can give to an AI construct to see if they are strong enough of an artificial intelligence to fool humans, Mm -hmm. right? And so an example of the Turing test, uh, and I'm just doing this because I'm geeking out over it. Yeah. Is you say an example of um, Amy puts a plate of cookies on the floor mm-hmm. that has four cookies on it. Amy leaves the room. Beth enters the room and eats one cookie and puts a basket on top of the cookies to hide them. Beth leaves the room. Amy comes and sees a basket is put over her cookies. How many cookies should she expect to find under there? Now, a robot would say four. Yeah, because it would do the math. Because it would just do the math. Oh, no. Well, no. A robot would say three. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Now, a robot would say three because they would do the math and say four minus one is three. Yeah. But a person can understand Amy's perspective. She She walked know. away. She may be confused as to why there's a basket there, but she should expect there to be four cookies. Mm-hmm. Until right? she removes the basket, she has no way of knowing. Right. So um, this is not like that. This room. <laughs> uh, this room, it, it had a lot of good puzzles. Yeah, and so this room actually, like, it intimidated me at first because, so they take us back, and we knew we were being split up, but we didn't know how how much we were being split up. Okay, so what we did (laughs) is, because we had an issue when we did our bachelor, bachelorette um, party, Mm -hmm. where we split the group into girls versus guys, because bachelor, bachelorette party, right? Yeah, yeah. And we found out that that is not a strong mix for the girls, because the thing (laughs) is, you all have more... um, um, kind of like liberal arts brains. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys on our team have more like scientific brains. 
Yeah, well, like, you know, no, no one in the girls' team was good at math. It just happens none of us are math people, you know. Give us a right. word pro, you know, a word problem. Give us um, an art problem. Give us a lot of other things we're going to, like, think out of the box and do quickly. But math in, is just not our, our thing, you yeah. know. Um, and so we wanted to make sure this time that we kind of split the groups a little bit more fairly. Mm. And we did know, even when we got the tickets, you do get split up at the very beginning. Yeah. They make that clear on the website that, first of all, the minimum number of players is four. Mm -hmm. If you don't have four, you cannot play this game. Yeah, and we had been to this location um, a few times before, and they had and they had told us about this room and had said, like, oh, yeah, you get split up. Yeah. Um, and so what I did was this is great app that I want to share about here. And I don't know how do you pronounce this. Chawazi. It's C-H-W-A-Z-I. Yeah. And what's great, it's a free app. And... It's good for randomly dividing teams mm -hmm. where everybody puts one finger on your phone, assuming that you're all cool with the COVID thing, you know, and it will then randomly assign everybody a color. And so you match the colors. Like, so essentially what I had us do is everybody put the finger on my phone and we thought we just split into two. So we're like, okay, there's the two teams, Yeah, you know, and it was a nice even mix of like two Boys guys, girls, a girl, yeah. one girl and two guys, you know. Uh -huh. And so we're like, fine. And then we get there and they're like, oh no, you're being split into four groups. And we are like, so. Yeah, and this was like as we're we're being led into the room, mm -hmm. so we didn't have a time to think like who should go and what. So there was no time to strat. I was all like strategizing and stuff. Yeah, like, so so Greg was put in a room by himself right away. I just because I'm confident, mm -hmm. like I maybe it's cockiness. Well, and you you've also been in that situation several times before where you where were in I'm alone room. in a room and I have to do something. Yeah, yeah. So I, then, I had experience there. Mm -hmm. And then our uh, the other two couples who are with us, they each got placed in a room, mm -hmm. and I ended up in a room by myself. And I think that was a strong pick because you also have been in plenty of examples mm -hmm. where you were by yourself. Namely, when we got engaged, you were technically True. by yourself for a while. I was kind of communicating with you, uh -huh. but there was nothing I could do to help you. Yeah. You had to solve the puzzle yourself. Yeah. And so um, that, you know, that's daunting just because, you know, you're like, oh, shit, I might be the person who like can't get out. Right. You know, you're like, what like, if it's me that fails? Yeah, exactly. And also when you first walked in, walk in this room, like I see like, okay, I see that that's a puzzle, that's a puzzle, that's a puzzle. Mm -hmm. Because the, the room's like, it's supposed to be like this computer test or whatever. So it's just like this plain white room right. with very clear stations. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I see that. But I'm like, there's nothing else in this room that would tell me, like, how to solve this puzzle. You right. know what I mean? And so at first it was like, I, I literally have no idea. Um, and then it wasn't until like I realized, oh, okay, this there's a phone in here, and I'm actually connected to one of the other teams, and we are actually helping each other um, yeah. with with this. Like they have information that I don't have, and I have information they don't have. And what's cool about this game, especially, is that it's very the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. If you guys have ever played the game Portal, I think I'm showing Lauren right now. Yeah, She's yeah, never yeah. played Portal, but no. when you agree that this is close to the aesthetic, it's yeah. a very kind of white, almost sterile environment mm -hmm. with what are clearly meant to be objects designed for the intelligence test. Yeah. And when we're first put into our initial rooms, it's what, like four times the size of a phone box? Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know what a phone box is, <laughs> um, imagine a small box just big enough to hold the average size person mm -hmm. times that by about four. Yeah. So, it's like, like a small restroom. Small, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. it's a small restroom minus the toilet and sink. Yeah. But like, if you had the bare minimum size of a restroom, mm -hmm. um, and so we're each in like that, and it was cool because at one point I could see the security camera 
of one of my friends' rooms. Mm-hmm. And then and through the security camera, I can see details they could not. Yeah. And so I, it was kind of like, hold your hand up, move it to the left. Okay, that's where the tiger is. You know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah, kind of, almost yeah. like a virtual reality augmentation kind mm-hmm. of deal. It was really interesting. Um, it is also fascinating because it is feeling like a video game would split up into almost like levels. Mm-hmm. Once you get out of your room, that's level one. And then you move on to another room, it's level two. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, so I got out of my room and the the team that was kind of working with me, they got out of their room and then we were in the same room together, but we still were separate from the rest of you. And mm-hmm. so then we had to solve some more stuff to get to where we were all together. Yeah. It was very fun that way, mm-hmm. you know, and like we could kind of communicate back and forth. At first we were using the phones and then we were like, just once we could get out of the room, we could just shout to each other. It was really a sense of triumph in my mind when we finally did manage to all come together. Uh-huh. And then what's great is you still have half of the room left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like, because sometimes when they do that, it's either it's too early mm-hmm. that you're separated. It's like, oh, just the first puzzle or two and then you get reunited, which uh, I kind of don't like yeah. because it's like, oh, I, I, this is more fun for the extra challenge. Mm-hmm. I signed up for that challenge to be separated, but now I'm already back, which I'm happy to be back with my team, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But in other ones... I, I've heard of online where like you're separated for like almost all of it and you barely get up at the same time like mm-hmm. together. Here it was like the perfect amount. Yeah. Yeah. Or also you get out of that and then you have like one room with a couple puzzles and you're done. Like, yeah. That's you know, yeah. Because because the big thing was oh you were separated and it was harder because you were separated. Um, I can see a lot of places doing that. Whereas this there was still like a good amount of room to still do after we mm-hmm. we were reunited. What I also liked is, like I said, the beginning aesthetic is like very sterile and clean. Mm-hmm. But as you go through the different rooms, they kind of get darker and dirtier too. Uh-huh. To the point where like at one point, spoiler alert, there's a skeleton. <laughs> so like I was like, oh, interesting how yeah. this, this room almost has a natural progression of the story. Because normally whenever yeah. you do your room, it's the one story and you're just kind of like in that same tone mm-hmm. throughout but this one the tone changes well and the story changes like yeah. what you thought you were supposed to be doing it turns out is not actually the case that's also true yes there is a bit of a twist, a in, the, twist. in the narrative yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was also refreshing mm-hmm. um how do you think the puzzles were in terms of difficulty would you say that like if you had to rate them or do you think like nothing something... was really difficult the all like probably the most difficult thing was actually there there was like a smell test at one point that's right and we were having a really hard time actually telling the difference between the mm-hmm. smells which is weird because i actually have a very sensitive nose and i don't um but, but i was actually able to tell like that's coffee yeah you know? but um but yeah so that was actually the hardest i think the puzzles they weren't they weren't overly hard but they weren't like super easy. They mm-hmm. were also all on theme. Like I don't I, think I we, do we never unlocked a lockbox or no, no, no. you know like it was all on theme. We used a lot of um, like key cards and and, and it felt you know, very high tech. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, I do like how it is all proving that we're human. Like, can a robot smell? Probably not. Humans mm-hmm. can smell. Make a puzzle that's about smelling. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since we did the first puzzle ever, we had to smell that um, that it's a dog's life. I know it's a very oh, different yeah, company, yeah. Mm-hmm. but ever since then, I'm kind of like, oh, smell one. That's awesome. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't, I never would have thought to do that. Yeah. So I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, there was one or two puzzles near the end where I think we kind of just accidentally filled in mm-hmm. the right answer, not yeah. knowing how we got that solution. Yeah. 
but whatever, you know? <laughs> uh, the only problem I really had with the room, but it's not, okay, I'm going to take this back. The only thing that could be perceived as a problem is there are times uh, once everyone kind of has access to all the previous rooms. Because uh -huh. at one point, listen, I was just going into people's rooms to be like, what, what, was, your, you what was your experience? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what did you have? You know, just out of curiosity's sake. But at one point, you do kind of have to go back to previous rooms and get this bit or that data or whatever. Uh -huh. And I don't think there's any rye or any instruction, rather, for, oh, this would clearly be found in room three. Mm -hmm. You know, like how we always say, like, don't you hate it when you get a combination? And it's like, okay, I guess I'll try it on all the locks. Yeah. Right. But here, it actually kind of makes sense because it almost made me feel like a rat running through one of those little mazes mm -hmm. of like this way no that way no that yeah way. it was interesting because at the end we were all having to kind of run back and forth to the different rooms yeah to, to gather some other things and you so know? it's funny how what's normally like oh this is a stupid moment at the end kind of makes thematic sense yeah <laughs> and i'm like i'm on board for this um the only real complaint that i have about this room is that at one point there was a bit of the the props that was worn down and it was like a sharp splinter from a piece of wood and yeah. inside of like oh, almost imagine like a ball pit yeah and like you had to reach in to like find the key that dropped down mm -hmm. but there was like a sharp splinter wood i don't blame the company at all because that could happen at any time and like how would you know uh-huh yeah you know they're not going to go through with a vacuum every single time and make sure with a wood splinter detector yeah but it's just like you know that was the only thing so but as we say, sometimes these rooms get a little bit of wear and tear over time. True. But this one was in good quality for sure. Mm -hmm. Compared to some of the other ones that we've done, like the, um, uh, what was it, Nikolai Tesla one. Mm -hmm. Remember where like some of those puzzles were like, we're, we just have to write down what the answer is or like how else to do this because like it's so beaten up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would say like for this particular location as well, I would say Turing Test is probably the best room at this location. Oh, for sure. Because what know? are the other ones at this location? It is the time machine. Nikolai Tesla the one. The time it machine. It is the 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 um the submarine one. The Nautilus. The, the Nautilus, which the, is a fine room. It's just not as good as this. The Nautilus has some really cool stuff too, especially uh -huh. with like loading torpedo tubes. Yeah. Physically doing that, that's a cool idea, and I love the the interactivity there and how unique that is. Um, and like running power cables and stuff. Uh huh. Is there any other room here? I don't I, know. I think it's just those on. three. Oh, uh, right, right there. Here? Yeah. yeah. Time machine, Nautilus. Uh, oh, the orphanage. Oh, they, have a scary one. Okay. they also do have a scary one there called the orphanage, but we're not so much into horror and we ran out of time in the year. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we just couldn't get down to LA every single weekend. Yeah. And so we kind of had like a list, a tiered list of like, here are the ones that we have to do mm -hmm. and here are the one you know and so the orphanage was kind of low on our list because yeah we don't we don't love the scary ones we don't hate the scary ones it's just i think the problem is there's so many scary escape rooms that after a while they kind of it's just blend. white noise yeah, yeah. It, they blend together um but yeah our I, group also wasn't scared easily so no we did ever since we did that zoe one yeah. where we were laughing from we the beginning the we were time. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> also our friend almost lost a finger in that room yeah so that's the other thing we don't like sometimes about the scary rooms is sometimes there's a little bit more danger in those rooms just so yeah we're not gonna mess with it um but overall i think we both recommend turing test i mean yeah here, here's a question that i know you're not prepared for but if you can think of it can you think of any other at least 60 out room if not mm -hmm. any escape room that you enjoyed more than turing test 
Like, I, it, for me, that's a very short list. Like, yeah. you could maybe argue Jumanji. Maybe Jumanji. I'm thinking, like, I, I think, like, Hyde Circus. That is, was really that's good. That's a yeah. really good room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still think that they have um, their other location, which is, I believe, their Silver Lake location, is still their best location altogether. Yeah. All um, but yeah, no, this is definitely, I think, one up there in terms of um, one of their best rooms. Right. Um, oh, obviously, Miss Jezebel. I can't. I, well, you can't anymore. I don't. That's yeah. Right. Well, it's yeah. It's gone for the time being, at least. So but. until she comes back for a second, um, <laughs> I, definitely, I think you could argue this is easily sixty out of top five currently. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. However, you want to rank it is fine. You know, but this is this is up there. If you guys are in the LA area, go to their Koreatown location. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to add this detail just because it sometimes matters. Um, they it, There's no dedicated parking for this mm-hmm. place. There is um, a, a meter parking in the front. There's also neighborhoods just about a block away that yeah. you could just park in those neighborhoods. Like, yeah, and it's it's difficult, but we've always been able to find parking. Like, yeah. it's not, like, you know, you it might only have, like, one or two spots you can find nearby, but, like, you can always find parking. And there's also, like, a ton of, like, restaurants and stuff in that area. Yeah, we actually went and got food after this, and it was yeah. really good. Yeah, we've, um, the couple times we've gone, we've gone down to the famous uh, Pink's Hot Dogs, mm-hmm. which is, like, just, like, two blocks down. And then there's also this really good um, shaved kind of shaved ice. I don't know how you explain it exactly. Shaved ice there, is close. There's a place called Happy Ice down there. Um, that's very famous on Instagram, and it's also very good. And it's just and a couple blocks down. What's that popsicle that you used to love? They don't make anymore. That they have essentially flavorful, oh, like yeah. a super pop or a big pop or I something. Think it's called the oh the big stick. It big was stick. A, a pineapple cherry, I think. Or something. I feel so upset because I missed that as a kid. Mm. Because like I think I maybe had it once and it was good, but I forgot to ask for it. Yeah. But like now that I know that's pineapple and uh, so good, <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah, but they have a flavor that tastes almost exactly like that. Yeah, and I think it's just called nostalgia, something like that. Something, but, yeah, yeah, something like that. But um, but yeah, so we. That's the one kind of like um, other shining spot about this location is there's a lot of good things around it to yeah. do as well. And it's also not far from a bunch of other escape rooms. Very true. Uh, it's kind of like almost like a central hub. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you want to kind of make a day of it and hit up a couple different locations, like how we did, yeah. which we've done too. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say is, of course, at this point, we're already done with our 60 out free rooms. Mm-hmm. I know I've said it before, but once again, thank you so much to 60 out. Uh, it was a blast. We still have a few more rooms of yours to review, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I'm looking forward to those. And honestly, some of these rooms I would be willing to go back to. Mm-hmm. This would be one of them. Yeah. I would. Th- well, it's yeah, not, it's not as different. I don't think the four rooms were as different as they were for, say, the Hex room. Yeah. Because those ones, they are. Are completely different. Completely different. Yeah. I think, based upon my memory, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we all seem to have essentially a very similar setup maybe slightly different puzzles yeah i think the puzzles were slightly different but like they they kind of fell along the same theme i think we all had one of them was like this hearing test and i think we all had that yeah um and then some of the other ones were just slightly slight modifications of one another mm-hmm. um i think this room's a really good one especially for people who do a lot of escape rooms to yeah. kind of challenge themselves because you do get split up. I mean, if you, especially if you did it with like the bare minimum of just the four. Mm-hmm. Um, so each one of you would be in a separate room by yourself. Right. So I think that also adds a lot more to the um, 
the stress, I guess. Yeah, because you don't have anyone else to fall back on. Mm -hmm. But once you are able to get out, then you can try to go to other people's doors and try to help them. Yeah. But it did also seem that it was almost like pair dependent. Like I was able to call our friends Chris and Christiana. Yeah, and I was... And I think you were able to call Melissa and Phil. Yeah. But I could not call you and I could not call mm -hmm. Melissa and Phil. No. So it is kind I of like... I could hear you because you're loud. Yes. But... <laughs> but that's besides the point. You that's can hear me from three point. blocks away. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I think if you have a group that has done a good number of escape rooms and you guys are like, oh, those are so easy. Try Turing Test. Mm -hmm. Because the second you get split up and you're like, I'm alone. Yeah. Or it's just me and my one partner. Mm -hmm. Then you'd be like, whoa. Suddenly, yeah. like, it, it's like playing. It's like being the world's greatest, like, sports player for, like, whatever sport. And then saying, I will play with one hand tied behind my back. And yes, I mean soccer, too. Because yeah. running with one hand tied behind your back is still a deficit. Yeah. You know, but it's like playing with a hand behind your back. Yeah. And like I said, you know, the, that first shocker, too. Because you go in and you're like, I understand these are all the puzzles. I kind of understand, like what I might need to do with these, mm -hmm. but I don't have anything here to lead me to that. Like you, and once you realize you you're missing work, half the yeah, stuff, if yeah. you don't work as a team, there's no way you're going to get out because you literally, there's nothing in that room to tell you how to answer this. Yeah. And there's no way for you. And sometimes it's not even any way for you to just randomly guess. Yeah. It is like it, the amount of time it would take you to do that is impossible. Yeah. You'd be, you, the clock would run out basically. Or there's even times where, if I remember correctly, I had to do something to my end and then it made something open up in the in other team's theirs. room. Yes, So, exactly. like, physically, unless you're going to brute force open, which you're not supposed to. <laughs> so, yeah, that was um, 60 out in Koreatown, the Turing test. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kickstarter Corner. I'm here with my friend Chris and... Uh, Chris, uh, it's been a month since we talked to you. How have you been this past month? I know you're working towards playing a game every day or something like that. So what, what's that little project you have going on? Um, I'm trying to get through all my uh, all my games. At least play them once this year. Okay, how uh, many is that? I a... <laughs> well, uh, I'm not exactly too sure. Uh, <laughs> I have a list... I have a list on BG stats, but I took mm -hmm. out like all the expansions and stuff like that. Um, so I think the it's a total of like 120 without like expansions oh, and geez. and games that you can't really play again, like Clink Legacy and stuff like that. Or uh, I have some other games where I can't play, like can't really play through them again. Um, right. So I took those out. Um, but in January, I went through about 16 of them, which is pretty good. So not bad. But I also was out of school for most of that, so. <laughs> so now so, you can, you're expecting yeah. to have a little bit of a slowdown, okay? Probably, yeah. Plus, I'm also wedding is coming up, so. So also big of a slowdown, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Hey, man, don't let love stop your love of board games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Okay, so Chris, uh, this is your corner. I will let you take the wheel. Tell us about some Kickstarters that you're interested in. Uh, well, a couple of uh, ones that I'm interested in, they actually just ended um, today as we're uh, recording this. Mm -hmm. um, today, uh, Marvel Zombies, uh, a Zombicide game, mm -hmm. uh, ended. Uh, we talked about it briefly last month, um, and it was projected to uh, basically break the bank on uh, Kickstarter, and it did. Uh, <laughs> it just uh, ended uh, at about $9 million uh, for the uh, final wow. tally. Uh, with uh, 
about 29,000 backers. Um, basically, uh, it's a uh, over bloated, uh, <laughs> over bloated uh, miniature game. Uh, that's pretty much all the zombicides. Yeah, I'm have looking been at now. all um, these miniatures here. They have a mini for everything, it seems. Yeah, they just release like miniature after miniature. Um, basically, they just keep releasing more and more. Um, when they first come out, they say like, "Yeah, you can get the game for you know 130 to you know 200 dollars." Um, how they did it this time was when they first came out because they were releasing it with a like almost two foot tall Galactus model. I couldn't believe the size <laughs> of that thing. I saw it on Kickstarter, like a picture of it. And I think your words put it best. Kickstarter does this thing zero justice. This thing yeah. is huge. And I didn't realize this too. So I think most people listening to this know how big a miniature is. You know, it's a little like what, like a one inch tall, like, you know, statuette of like mm -hmm. your character, right? This Galactus is so huge. He can hold one of those literally in the palm of his hand. And he even has yeah. his hand curled up as if he's holding that character, examining them. So it's like, holy hell, this thing is huge. I wonder how much that thing weighs. It's probably got to be at least like 20 to 30 pounds. Well, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> it definitely probably weighs a lot. Um, actually, uh, um, one of the people I follow, uh, Quackalope, he, uh, he got one because um, he's a content creator. Oh, and he, awesome. uh, he he took it to a professional mini painter. Uh, I can't remember her name, uh, but she painted it and it looked amazing. Like it looked incredible. But um, the pledge for that one when they first started uh, was mm -hmm. I think it was four hundred dollars. Oh, so oh. yeah. So for the Galactus pledge, like they actually are offering gameplay with the Galactus, um, which not really sure how that's gonna work where you're gonna play with a two foot tall miniature on your table that's it just seems like uh you know i'll be able to actually on dining table yeah <laughs> more trouble than it's worth he but, needs his uh, own seat at that point two feet tall man. yeah that's like a, yeah, no, that's like need, a toddler a, standing on your table yeah you need a baby seat at that point just to yeah. sit next to the table yeah i'm pretty sure you could use it for the carpooling as well too so um, you know how some people take you know how some people take their board games and like play in a diner? Can you imagine like walking into a Denny's and like high table for four and we're gonna need a high chair and you have Galactus <laughs> tucked under your arm? And pretty much the yeah. waiter would be like, Does he want a coloring book? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um but the uh over I mean over time during the Kickstarter they release, you know, other miniatures for different characters. Mm -hmm. And then also different expansions for like, you know, X Men or uh Sinister Six, um different, you know, Hydra, Fantastic Four, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um so they release all those. Um so the all in pledge with the Galactus model came out to a total of six hundred and fifteen dollars. Oh my heart! Oh my wallet! <laughs> my wallet and my heart both hurt because uh, I want it so bad, but at the same time, dang. Yeah, I knew you would like that one. But the six hundred and fifteen. <laughs> let me let me put that in perspective. It's what six hundred and fifteen dollars is? Six hundred and fifteen dollars. That's like a family of four going to Disneyland. For tickets, you know, like six hundred and fifteen dollars, yeah. that's like a really good like weekend vacation with a loved one. Six hundred and fifteen dollars, yeah, that's like 
I'm going to throw you the best birthday party ever, baby. Yeah, yeah you you could buy a, a car for that much. I mean, it's not going to be a very great car, but you could buy like a jalopy for it. Sure. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I want a purple toddler. I want yeah. a purple toddler to just dominate my table. Yeah, that's six hundred and fifteen dollars. And then you have to include shipping, which they're already projecting shipping for just the Galactus and the core box, I think it was. And like the first expansion was like a hundred dollars to the US. Oh, so God. so wait, it's a hundred on top of all that? Yeah. So with oh, all man. the expansions and everything like that, it's probably gonna be another hundred dollars on top of that. And then you have to include if you're in the UK or anything like that, um it's you have to include VAT charges. You're gonna be spending probably like a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. eight hundred to a thousand dollars on this. Just for a Zombicide game, which is insane. And like, I'll I... say this. I, I'm going through the list of characters they have in this. And, of course, you do see popular ones that you know. Like this Spider-Man, this Captain Marvel. I even see X-Men characters like Iceman and Mystique. And then I'm seeing, like, super deep ones. Like, here yeah. we just have not has the Hobgoblin, but just Harry Osborn or Dum Dum <laughs> Dugan. And it's like, okay, well, I guess there's a demand for like the civilian pack. What is this? You know? Yeah, this one they add like civilians in because you're playing. You could play as zombies, so you mm-hmm. can eat civilians and you earn like points or something to win. Oh, is that it? Okay, I was like, why yeah. are we putting? Why do I need a, a miniature of Pepper Potts or Blind Owl in here? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, I want to play the civilian mode where you're playing ooh, as the civilians. And... <laughs> I want to play as Aunt May. That's who I want to play as. <laughs> yeah, you cheer on the heroes and cheer or cheer on the heroes to win. That's what you're doing exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so if uh, if that's your jam, uh, they're offering late pledges, so you can still get that if you want that i mean that's not going to ship until probably next year so this is insane Um, i'm just looking at all this and it's like so i've been over to your place and i've seen some of the big boxes you have what's that one that you have where you would do the lion miniature like the monsters game or something like that uh kingdom death monster which is kingdom death monsters that's a huge box this thing's got to come in a box twice as big just for how many freaking characters there are here yeah they're gonna probably ship them in like probably 10 boxes i think uh they did another game called marvel united which came in like 10 boxes which is very annoying and uh yeah i mean if they shipped it in a bigger box than like a big box like kingdom death it's a little bit easier but like when you have like 10 different boxes like what are you supposed to do with that you're just like hey guys carrying around your boxes yeah just put it somewhere i guess you know yeah but uh well uh yeah on to the next game um another game that actually just uh ended uh today too which i was actually looking forward to um actually uh i put i backed a little bit onto this one i was i didn't go as far as i was going to because it it came out more expensive than i thought it would be but it's a final girl um Mm -hmm. by van rider games um they make really good like mystery detective games and also like this one's a solo only game but I guess you could play it with like your significant other or something and basically I, I work do cooperatively. Yeah, like you can kind of puzzle solve together. I like that. Yeah, so you could work together and like figure it out. Um, it's basically you're playing as the final girl of a movie and you fight against the villain or the evil bad guy or whatever. And you play, th- you basically have to kill him or he kills you. Um, 
before the night is over. And um, the the great thing about this game is it's like very modular. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you need to have the core box, um, and then they offer a bunch of like. Um, it's kind of funny because they sell them in like little like cassette tape boxes. That's what they look like. Or v- VHS. It does. Boxes. It looks like an old VHS case. Yeah. Yeah, and you buy like the different movie boxes and the movie box comes with a villain a location and two final girls so you have to have at least the core box and then one of the feature film boxes to actually function mm-hmm. but but from there you can it's so much replayability because you can change up different things there's different cards you won't see um the the villain can do totally different things between the because you're going to leave out different cards so you probably won't even see all the different variability within one gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they offer, I think they added, I don't remember, they had six, I think six feature films in the first Kickstarter. This one, I think they had six or seven more in this one. Um, but I just backed at like the a la carte level because I'll probably just get like the core box and maybe like a couple feature films just to try it out. Um, it's definitely a game I want to look into, but I'm not going to back at the, the top tier because the, the all-in pledge, I believe, was $329, uh, be, which is, it's crazy for a solo game. That's, no, I, it's like... It's crazy, too, because I'm looking at this list for the all-in pledge, and this list just keep like, you are getting seemingly your money's worth with that 300-something dollars. You know, this list just yeah. keeps going and going for all the different boxes and game mats and miniatures and vehicle packs and all yeah. of this that you get. So, like, if this game look, if you're, like, confident that you're going to love this game, then, like, yeah. that, that, like, ultimate box pledge that you had, the all-in one, that's probably, like, the best value you're ever going to get. Yeah, so. I think the coolest thing about the the all in pledge was like they're offering like a storage solution for it, which I wish like a lot more games would offer storage solutions, especially oh. when they offer like multiple packs and stuff. Because like we were talking about with the other game, where it's like, here's your ten boxes of stuff. Try to figure out what to do with them. Uh, good luck like, to rat- you, sir. You know? Yeah, it's like it just becomes ridiculous because then you start throwing away other boxes. But the another cool thing with this game um, is they actually utilize the boxes for the actual gameplay, like the the oh. container. I don't know if it's actually on the the page itself. I'm sure it is. Yeah, um, if you look at the actual page, um, Greg, um, I'm on it right now. Looking yeah. at it, yeah, um, you can um, you take off the front cover and the back cover, and it it's basically one side is the map of the location and one is the actual like villain board so like they utilize the actual packaging for the gameplay which is actually a that's really i just found it that's cool yeah so that's so clever it's really cool because they like use magnets and stuff like that so i mean it it's better than just wasted cardboard because and think about chris you and i play board games together what's the first thing that we do whenever we we just open a game box. is we just yeah. do we we're like can we can we just shove the box somewhere to the side of the table or do we have to put this on the floor yeah like that's exactly. the real question that we ask ourselves but here no it's part of it and that's amazing oh my goodness yeah, yeah so that was that's that's a really cool thing too so um there's another game that uh utilizes it i, I forgot what it's called um 
set a watch i believe it's called um they utilize the box for gameplay too but okay i think i've heard of that but i haven't i don't know too many details about it to really speak to it but i think that definitely rings a bell for me yeah i have it on the shelf i've i've played it like once i think it is it's it's a fun game um i wouldn't play it more than just a solo game because it's it's not very large and it's very contained basically you just play play through it and you uh Basically, you're just working through the night, trying not to die, and let the <laughs> fire go out. Basically, that's all it is. And you fight off creatures. Still sounds but, cool uh, to me, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's a pretty fun game. That's also pretty popular, too. But um, definitely, um, if anyone is interested in Final Girl, it's, it's, I would check out some gameplay footage. Um, it's an interesting system. Um, Van Ryder also makes another game called Hostage Negotiator, which has been out for a long time. It essentially uses kind of the same mechanics, except there's no, like, uh, map board or anything like that. Basically, you're trying to talk down uh, talk down someone. Basically, you're, hmm. a you're a hostage negotiator, and you basically are trying to release hostages, and it's all about time management. Um, and playing cards right and it's it's a very interesting system i've never seen it done before but I, i've watched a couple videos of people playing that game and this game okay and i like this system a lot better just because the theme is a lot cooler i guess but it's a pretty brutal game like <laughs> from what i've seen a lot of people don't win it because it's it's really it's definitely a really like challenging system, which I guess I, I find really intriguing because I don't really like an easy game that they just throw at you just to make you feel good, I guess. Right. And also if it's I a want horror an easy movie. game, I'll go play yeah. Candyland. It's a horror movie too, so I mean why would they make it easy? So. Yeah, it, if you don't have the fear that you're going to lose, then yeah. it's not really horror. Exactly. But yeah, that's a final girl. Um, I'm not sure if they have a late pledge available for this, but I'm sure they probably. I was just looking will. up and down the page for that actually, and I didn't see it, but maybe I missed it. Um, they might offer something like that, but if not, um, they will definitely have a retail release for this because they did after the first one. It just sold out super fast. Mm. Um, the the boxes are generally cheap. I think it's like twenty bucks for the core, and then maybe like fifteen to twenty dollars for each like feature film. So. Like I said, all you need is like one feature film and one core. That's forty dollars for a pretty decent game that you can just replay over and over again because the replayability is there. I love that. That's so fantastic. Yeah, and then you could always buy a new feature film when you get bored. So and then you can mix and match to it shows like so you can have yeah uh, the monster from your first one go to the location for the second one and it's like different interactions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, that's Final Girl. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is uh, it's not a board game, but it's a uh, board game related. Um, mm -hmm. It's from uh, boardgametables.com. This uh, campaign is actually still going on for at least uh, possibly another week. Um, it says about six days to go um, as of right now. Uh, when this release, it's probably going to be a little bit less than that. Um, but uh, these are... Um, Board game tables makes they make games as well as like bags and playmats. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're pretty popular. I've seen a lot of people use them on streams and everything like that. Um, they make pretty high quality stuff. Uh, right now they're they're offering a uh, like a a board game bag, which is pretty valuable if you travel with yes. your board games. 
Yes. Uh, I, I know it's kind of a pain to travel with your board games. I usually we usually use like IKEA bags and stuff like that. Just because they're so big, you need something <laughs> with a big mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit easier because it's like set up for like a square and it's also like padded so it doesn't you know mess up your games and stuff like that mm-hmm. this also um, says it's water resistant which is also yeah, a big which plus, is, plus. Yeah, which is also a good thing uh it says that it's it'll hold seven ticket to ride size games so i guess nice. if you're measuring if you're measuring your games in ticket to ride size <laughs> i love uh, how this thing also i'm looking at it it even has a tag a clear tag holders for ids like i yes. could totally imagine me like, listen, I've actually checked my bag at the airport when going up to see family in Idaho, and I put board games in there. And honestly, mm-hmm. the, the the games kind of got a little bit wrecked. So, like, I can imagine, yeah. like, just putting my infamous, checking this bag, and just being, like, it's padded, I, hopefully it'll be safe, but, like, yeah, I would have more confidence in checking, like, a board game in this bag than just your regular suitcase, for sure. Yeah. Um, they're also offering um, playmats. Uh, five millimeter neoprene play mats, uh, three different sizes, uh, small, medium, and large. Um, play mats are pretty invaluable, especially if you. Yeah. It's it, they make it so much easier when you're playing on them. Uh, so much easier to grab cards off the table. Yeah. yeah. Also. It just <laughs> just in general they just make it so much easier, um, especially because you don't want to mess up your table underneath or if your table's somewhat dirty you don't want to put your stuff on it and stuff like that uh or you don't want to scratch up your table if you throw dice around or you know anything like that true uh, um, i will say if you are a person who likes your dice to bounce and roll a lot the mats tend to kind of like muffle or like shorten your dice roll yeah you know, so some That's people, true. like, if it doesn't roll enough, they feel like that wasn't a solid roll. So if you do that, uh, or if you do one of these neoprene mats, you may consider also getting a dice tray to roll into or a dice tower. You're just adding all the accessories on. Listen, once you start, you can't stop. That's actually true. Accessories. You just need more of them. But uh, the good thing about this Kickstarter, apparently they are going to um, start shipping those in March of this year, Ooh, which is... Soon. So I guess they already have everything ready. I'm not sure why they're offering it on Kickstarter at this point. Uh, they should just be selling them on their website. But uh, uh, I guess $4 to U.S. Uh, and $9 to EU and Canada, which I guess which is a really good price for shipping right now. Very not bad, uh, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, board game tables, um, bags, and play mats. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for... Um, kickstarters that are just ended and that are going on right now it's kind of a slow time right now um Mm -hmm. some upcoming in february uh that i'm looking out for um kingdoms forlorn is coming out february 15th um that's a big epic dungeon crawler um oh it's forlorn because it didn't have a valentine's (laughs) yeah exactly that one's uh being come uh being put out by into the unknown um people who put out and trespass odyssey which hopefully is shipping in Mar- March or April, mm-hmm. but uh, that's a that's a good one to look out for. Um, and then also, Tidal Blades Two is coming out on Kickstarter or GameFound on February twenty second, which is also another dungeon crawler RPG. I remember you had showed me that uh, before. Yeah. yeah, that one looked really fun, especially if you like ocean theming. Yes, it's a really really good looking game, like uh, visually, and hopefully mm-hmm. it looks good like actually with 
you know, gameplay. Well, because that's that's sometimes the thing is it can look good visually, but then if the component uh, material is weak, then mm-hmm. like you know it can scratch easily or it can break easily, and you're like, uh, it looked yeah. good, but now it looks kind of like run down, and that can really kill it. So yeah. hopefully the component material is um, of a solid quality. Yep. Or the gameplay value is not there either, and it's just like, wait. And then also I bought this piece of art that <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to put out. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But yep. But as far as Kickstarters, that's all I all I got for you guys. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing with us, Chris. Um, as I uh, normally do, would you like to tell people? I know you have your own Etsy store. Will you make your own uh, gaming accessories? As we talked about, you can never have too many gaming accessories. Where can people find you for that? Um, you can find me on Etsy at Unknown Fear Creations. Um, I make uh, I make uh, tokens for board games, uh, glass mm-hmm. tokens, and also I make a variety of three D printed stuff. Uh, lots of uh, Harry Potter um, like holders, card holders for the Harry yeah. Potter Hogwarts battle. Definitely, uh, definitely useful. Yeah, I think the one thing that you make that I enjoy the most that I actually have one of is, yeah, the card holder and organizers. Yes. Because otherwise, like, they just kind of get everywhere. So that's actually yeah. a very useful tool. Yes, that's definitely true. Um, I would get more into inserts and stuff like that, but they take way too much time to print. <laughs> okay. So maybe just for a good friend, wink, wink. So Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. All right, well, thank you for joining us again, Chris, and we will see you next time for the Kickstarter Corner. Hey, guys, Greg again. So for my Friday favorite, um, I actually did get a chance to play a new game from me, but a good old classic for most everyone else this past Friday. I had a couple of friends over from work, and we played Catan, Settlers of Catan. And listen, it, it's kind of one of those ones that I've always heard about. It, it's on everyone's list of kind of those first-generation games that are so solid. You know, it's an infection game in terms of, like, it gets people into the hobby. And I just, I always kind of missed it. I think I played it once before with a random friend uh, years and years ago. But we played about two or three games back-to-back, and that game is fun. I am so sad I missed that boat. For me, it was very much like Pandemic, where you are trying to gather your cards together to make a plan. However, the fact of rolling dice and it's out of your hands slightly really, really made it interesting in terms of the strategy that was involved. I know for me, what I personally did was I tried to get on the coastline where I had exchanged two bricks for one of anything that you want, get that good exchange rate with the merchant, and then I tried to go heavy onto bricks so that way at least I could keep trading what I needed to. I mean, I came in third in all the games that we played out of three players, so maybe that strategy doesn't work, but it was a fun time. So for me, Friday favorites, I got to go back to the island of Catan and keep playing that game. It is such a fantastic game, and I'm so... I'm upset about the time that I missed in the past where I could have been playing this game. That's how much of a good time I had for this. So I know it's a classic. We typically talk about the more intro-level stuff on this podcast, so... If you haven't tried Settlers of Catan, honestly, watch a playthrough video for it online of people actually playing it and see how much of a good time it is. Even just the 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 gambling part of it where it's like, oh, please roll an eight, please roll an eight. Oh, it's a seven. The robber came. It's so fun. It's so enjoyable. 
highly recommend it. And once you get kind of done with Settlers of Kipton, if you still want to keep playing, there's tons of expansions. Uh, they do have an expansion that puts it up to five to six players. Normally, it's a two to four. Uh, and I know that my friend from work, she said she has like five or six different expansions. They all add different elements to it, like special character traits or different kinds of cards in the development deck. So really, it's a game that has a lot of uh, variability and room to grow if you really get into it and you want to keep playing, but it starts to get a little bit stale. So my Friday favorite for this month is going to be Settlers of Catan. We hope Lauren will join us uh, next month so she can share her Friday favorites. But in the meantime, have a good one, guys, and enjoy your games. <laughs>